Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Orangutan Academy. Today we are going to be talking about a story that is very near and dear to my heart that I have shared with many friends, many co-workers, many people that have come and went in our lives and I have told this story and blown so many people's minds that I thought it would be a fantastic podcast to make for you because perhaps it could potentially save you and your child some unnecessary distress and a lot of money. So without further ado, welcome to the episode titled Chiropractical Magic. Can y'all believe it is already November? Thanksgiving is right around the corner. We are really looking forward to this time with our family and friends. We are having Thanksgiving here on Thanksgiving Day with part of my family, which afterwards we intend to play lots of games, lots of card games. Uno, of course, Rummy, Sorry, possibly Guess Who. I bought Yahtzee, which I'm super excited about. So we are looking forward to that. And of course, we will be cooking a delicious turkey in the oilless fryer. Yum, yum. And all the fantastic sides. Um, People are coming together and everybody's bringing a dish. And I am trying a new cranberry and pecan cheese ball. Cannot wait. So excited. In addition to Thanksgiving being right around the corner, just an update on the twins and what's going on with them. They have a piano recital coming up for the very first time in December. As I've said before, we have incorporated piano practice into their everyday curriculum. So they practice anywhere from 15 to 30 minutes a day. And so we are really hitting the piano pretty hard because they have some really cute Christmas pieces that they'll be playing for this recital. And I bought them some fabulous new dresses. They are not identical dresses, because they're different colors, but they're identical in style, and I think it's going to be absolutely Christmasly magical. Their soccer team did finish undefeated this season, which is very exciting, but it's also a little bit of a downer because I feel like they do need to learn a little bit of sportsmanship when it comes to athletics. So we'll try again in the spring. I'm not really sure what I'm saying. Are we going to try to lose? No, but hopefully we'll have some more opportunity to learn what it means to be a good sport. Um, Other than that, we are really finishing up school for this semester. We're going to take the entire month of December off. They already finished their entire kindergarten math curriculum. We will definitely be finishing their other kindergarten workbook curriculum up before December, which means we will be jumping into first grade next semester. Crazy, I know, but I can't stop them from progressing at the rate in which their own minds want to. So that's what we're doing for next semester. I've already purchased all of the first grade stuff, so we're going to jump into that after the new year. Something else very, very exciting that I cannot wait to do. I have been frantically searching for co-ops in our areas to see if I could find one that would suit our needs that we could be a part of and accepted and just be surrounded by like-minded people and also some not like-minded people, but people that are wholesome in their own way and are coming together as homeschool families do once a week to learn together, teach together, and be together in community. So what this means is I did find a co-op that I'm very interested in. They meet every Wednesday from 9.30 to 1.30. Parents are required to teach at least two blocks or assistant teach those blocks. And they get to play with kids their age. They get to play with kids that are not their age. It's just a whole bunch of kids in a room and there is curriculum attached. And then there's social patterns that are established. And there's also field trips that they're going to go on. So we are actually going tomorrow to visit this co-op to see if this is something that we really want to do. And if so, then we're also going to start that in January. 
along with beginning our first grade curriculum, which I'm super excited about. Other than that, when it comes to our homeschool curriculum currently, something I'm going to begin doing in December is allowing the girls to flip through their own child cookbook and they are going to select a meal every week that they are going to participate in making for dinner every week and it'll be their choices so not only do they have to choose what meal it is that they want in the sides being vegetables they also have to go shopping with me and we're going to begin introducing money concepts and how money pays for food and then also how we get the food and where does the food come from and then something else being a very interesting component in this is that there is a local community supported agricultural group a CSA where they produce locally grown food and vegetables so we are participating in that and we will pick up those deliveries every Thursday to support our local farmers and introduce those into our meals which gives us a really great opportunity to cook things we wouldn't normally cook like radishes and Chinese cabbage and just some different things that I've seen them growing that I've never really been interested in but I'm going to be now and I'm excited to learn with the girls how we cook and serve those dishes. So if you don't know um, CSAs are very very important to your local community and local agriculture and you can support them so if you haven't researched it yet just take a look and see what community supported agricultural groups are in your area. We currently have two of them and they're both fantastic. We bought from both. Always always support your local farmers. That's really kind of it for the Orangutan Academy right now. Just really buckling down and tackling the schoolwork and getting ready for that piano recital. And just making sure we're keeping our minds and our bodies healthy. Mind, body, and soul health is very important to us. And so we're going to tap really into a physical health ailment that the twins had when they turned three years old and how we've never had a problem since. Since the day our girls were born on that April morning, they have been relatively healthy children. We really did not have any kind of severe health issues and still currently do not. The worst thing that I remember was they did have a very terrible bout of RSV where one was hospitalized because she couldn't keep her oxygen saturation high enough so we did stay in the hospital for three days while she was on oxygen and of course her sister would come to visit because she also had RSV she just didn't necessitate a hospitalization for it we did go through that that was rough that's the hardest um, medical issue that we've had so far and then right after that they did get the flu <laughs> so that was a bit of a back-to-back -back whammy but I'll tell you since then there have been zero respiratory issues our children are very active they're always outside we're very 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 conscious of what they put in their bodies. We are very conscious of environmental toxins and chemicals, whether it comes to household cleaners, soap that they bathe with, fragrances, really anything. We're just very, very conscious about it. They can't read labels. They're learning how to read right now, but when it comes to um, certain foods, they'll ask, does, does this have chemicals in it? Does this not have chemicals in it? And so something that we do on a regular basis is we go to the grocery store together and I make my grocery list and I'll tell them, hey, I need three lemons and they go count three lemons. And then the other one, I'll tell her we need two bunches of asparagus and she'll go grab it off the shelf. And so it was really helpful for them learning to count. And then they return and they would help me grocery shop in the produce section. Well, something I did recently teach them was about the USDA organic label. We do not buy everything organic, but we do strictly follow the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen. For people who don't know about the Clean 15 and the Dirty Dozen, it's a list of fruits and vegetables are highly susceptible to pesticides, meaning that these pesticides don't just rest on the outside of the fruit and vegetable, they actually penetrate the skin and seep into 
the vegetable or fruit themselves. And so those that are highly susceptible, for example, strawberries are very susceptible to pesticides and herbicides. Peaches are very susceptible. So we always, for certain items being the dirty dozen, we always look for the USDA organic label on those so that we know that there was a very minimal, if any, amount of these herbicides or pesticides put on the food that we're consuming because if we do consume those on a regular basis, we end up killing the good bacteria that is in our gut that keeps us healthy and helps us digest our food because it is a pesticide. So if it's gonna kill a bug on a fruit tree, it will kill a bug that's in your gut. But we don't buy everything organic. Things that are considered a clean 15, examples being bananas, they don't have to be organic. Uh, avocados, they don't have to be organic. Asparagus doesn't have to be organic. So we don't require the USDA organic label on these things. Um, and so we're, we're getting a little bit deeper with our girls in understanding what certain labels mean and what other labels don't mean or lack of a label. We really try to limit our consumption on. And this clean 15 and dirty dozen list changes every year. Most of the things stay the same on it, but there is potential for the items on those lists to change if that's something that you're interested in looking at. My biggest point here is that we want our children to be very, very health conscious because we want them to have a good quality of life. We don't want them putting junk in their body because good input will always equal good output. And we are always looking to boost the immune system and make it as strong as it can be in times when we do get sick because it's inevitable. But if our children can learn patterns of eating now and good habits of eating now, it's only going to help them later when they're cooking in the kitchen, when they start a family of their own and they're producing meals every night. Even when they go to college and they think about that nasty junk burger at McDonald's and rather than that, then maybe they do choose a banana and some organic chicken nuggets in the freezer that they can then make. I don't know. I'm hoping that their choices do become better. My overall point in talking about good input equals good output is we do look at our children as a holistic being and we look at everything that goes into them we look at their food we look at the foods that they eat the medications that they take soap manufacturers dishwashing liquid anything that could possibly be absorbed or consumed we look at those things and we take them very seriously because we want them to understand that a good quality of life comes from all good inputs from everywhere, not just what you eat. And we hope that this forms good habits later. When the twins turned three, they started taking swimming lessons. We paid for those survival swim courses for them because we felt like there was a lot of value in those. And so um, while they're doing these swimming courses, you know, they finished the class, they graduated, and we also had a pool at home where we could practice in. But what started happening was one of the twins started complaining about her ear hurting. So when she complained about her ears, um, I made a doctor's appointment and they went in and they said, oh yeah, she has an ear infection. So they prescribed antibiotics. If her fever got too high, I would give her Motrin and we go about our way. We would be like a month out from having finished that round of antibiotics. I call the doctor, I make an appointment, I bring her in. This took place about five times until they finally said, okay, you need to see an ENT. I got very nervous. I got that awful feeling in the pit of my stomach that just sat there. That just felt heavy and it didn't feel right. My instincts told me something was off. And he took a look at her ears at that point and we had just gotten off of a round of antibiotics. And he did say that he would leave the decision up to me. If I wanted to be conservative, then we would wait. And if it happened again, then we would schedule her for surgery to have ear tube placement. Or if 
I chose, then we could schedule her the next day and go into surgery to have the tubes placed in her ears. Of course, I went the conservative route. I talked to one friend in particular, and she told me that her child had had the same issue when they were younger. And she told me that what she did to fix it was she brought her kid to a chiropractor. So I'm like, what? You did, you did what? For what? Like, I'm a nurse, and I've never heard of this black magic before. And so I question it. I'm like, a chiropractor? What does a chiropractor have to do with your child's ears? And if I had just sat with that question long enough, I think I could have come up with the answer myself. Because now it makes total sense. The eustachian tubes were misaligned because there was a misalignment in the spinal column is really what it comes down to. And children are already predisposed to a poor angle with their eustachian tube that allows their ears to naturally drain anyways. And so if there's any kind of misalignment, this could potentially help resolve your issues of the ears being able to drain. It's not 100 proof. It's not going to fix every child for sure. This isn't medical advice that I'm giving. I'm only telling you a story in my experience, but... She told me this and I had nothing to lose. And so I was like, okay, okay. If, if my child gets an ear infection again, I'm going to go see the chiropractor. Guess what happened? She got another ear infection. I made an appointment with her pediatrician. They called in the prescription for her antibiotics, but immediately following that appointment with the pediatrician, I had also made an appointment with the chiropractor. I took her in and I told them what was going on. I didn't tell him what ear it was that she was having recurrent issues with. He palpated, he sat at her head and he felt her cervical column. He physically palpated it and he said, it's her right ear, isn't it? And I was like, how do you know that? And so he let me feel and he said, you feel this right here? I felt like a knot, but I couldn't really identify what I was feeling, but I was like, I think so. And so I sat back down, he adjusted her, which made her sound like popcorn and so we call him the tickle doctor and she loved it she thought it was the greatest thing and then he palpated again and let me feel and that knot was completely gone oh my god so we left that chiropractor appointment I never filled the antibiotics and I've never been back to the doctor for any more antibiotics for an ear infection again I have been back to the chiropractor for an adjustment when there's even the simplest complaint about ear pain but I've never gone anywhere else for any kind of ear trouble. And that was when they were three and now they're five. And we even go on a routine basis every three months. This is something that we've incorporated into our health and wellness plan. Chiropractics equals less pain for them because they physically experienced it. It was drastically different, drastically different. I mean, just from the time we left that appointment to the next day, she was like a different child. And I can't help but share this story with other parents just as it was shared with me about my friend's child because I do feel like it can save tremendous distress on not just the parent but the child who would have to go through that surgical experience at such a young age. And if there's any way to avoid it, why not try? Because really, what do you have to lose by trying? Maybe, maybe $50 depending on your copay, maybe $35. I think it's worth it. We were up against, what, thousands if we would have brought her to surgery for no guarantee because tubes fall out or don't work all the time. Again, I'm not saying that it's a foolproof plan. I only share my story because it could help others just as it helped me. And it could not help others and their child may need tubes anyways. But I just think it's worth a shot. And I think it's worth sharing with everybody. It is not black magic. It is chiropractical magic.
for anyone out there, I do highly recommend you perhaps consider and research a chiropractor because I have found in my own personal experience, it has only helped me feel better. There has never been anything negative come from it and I go on a routine basis. It's just a part of our health and wellness. It's no different than taking a multivitamin every day. It's no different than making sure you exercise every day and eat proper foods. It just all goes hand in hand and chiropractics is a more of a holistic approach. It's a way of looking at the entire body as a whole and how does this affect every organ and every piece of moving part that makes the quality of your day-to-day so good or makes the quality of your day-to-day so poor. I say we give it a boost and we give our children a boost if we feel in our hearts that it could potentially help. And I love sharing this story with parents because as it blew my mind, it usually blows theirs. It's always helpful to share stories with other parents that make you question other things currently living in Western medicine because there are other ways to do things, not every time, Western medicine has its place and it has its purpose and it saves lives and it's wonderful and I wouldn't want to live anywhere else. God bless America. But there are other ways to improve the quality of our lives and our health that aren't really recognized or given much recognition in this country. And that's okay. That's okay because as a parent, I am diving in and I'm exploring and I'm talking about those things and I'm talking about it with other parents. And I think that's a big reason I'm so excited about this co-op that we're going to go see tomorrow because I'm again going to be around other people that perhaps have same, similar, and different experiences that I can learn from. And I hope that our own experiences can help them too. Just like I hope our experiences can help you and your children, which was the whole point of this entire podcast. So with that said, I strongly urge any parent to fully understand anything that our children eat, that our children drink, that is injected into our children, that is taught to our children, just anything that they can absorb mentally or physically, understand it as best you can inside and out because it's gonna give them their best quality, which is their best chance because they are our future. And we borrowed this earth from them and I just want to leave it better than we found it. I'll never say it enough. So I truly hope that this episode helps any parent out there make a better informed decision about whatever it is going on in your life. I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the Orangutan Academy. We're doing good things here and we're having a blast. And you just listen to Chiropractical Magic. Mm-hmm.